Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com don't forget ladies and gentlemen in the podcast description or podcast notes in your podcast app you can get access to all of our sponsors all of the products that we talk about in the podcast and contact information for paul and martin all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about? Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. All right, we're back with another episode of Squared Away. We are going to jump right into the four corners and what we've been up to. How you been, buddy? Hey, I've been doing a lot better. So getting healthy and uh, enjoying this beautiful weather we're having in Wisconsin. Feeling like a million bucks, all green and wrinkly? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. I'm feeling about almost 50 years old. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really glad that I don't know what that yeah, feels mentally like. Mentally, about 20, but. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, so physically, you're feeling good. Physically, I'm feeling good. It's my final week of a five three one. If you guys don't know what a five three one is, it's a five a week of five reps at a certain percentage of your max weight, and then a week of three reps at your certain percentage of your max weight, and then your max effort week, you do a set of five at a certain percent, a set of three at a certain percent, and then your one rep max. It's like ninety five percent your one rep max, but you go to failure. So been strong this week. I felt really fucking good. And then next week's supposed to be a week off, but I don't do so well with that week off shit yet. But mentally, what have you been what have you been doing? What have you been stuffing in your gullet? Mentally, uh, I've been doing a lot of focus on uh research in career. Yeah. Um then doing a lot of research also on my dieting. Nice. And I think both of them have helped uh I got a lot of direction of where I'm going here. I've uh, been putting the effort where it should be, prioritizing. And uh, diet-wise, I mean, I feel good. Uh, obviously, I've been getting comments in the gym. People are, thinking, are like, why are you leaning out? And I'm like, sure. As long as they don't ask if you're sick. If they start act- asking if you're <laughs> if sick, sick, that's when you're like, oh, shit, I'm going the wrong way. Yeah, I did the sick, calorie-starving uh, diet. It was hilarious. Is I have more muscle on my body right now than I ever have. And somebody the other day is like, you're looking really lean. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the right word. Like, <laughs> no. I mean, um, I, I mean, I'll take it, but thanks. Yeah. For gym guys, when you say lean, then you're thinking your mind, it's like, do I look anorexic? Right. Right. Am I do, looking a little skinny? Do I need to put some fucking weight back on? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I'm at the right notch on my belt. Like I feel good. But um, what what's the biggest thing that you've found diet wise that you've, or not the biggest thing, but that what are you trying to implement? 
uh, is, is balancing out. I think for a while there, I was I took my carbs way too low. I was like cutting them completely out, thinking, okay, I'm just going to carve up. But it was affecting performance in the gym. It was affecting uh, my overall mass. Well, people people also don't understand like there your body your body gets two types of energy. It gets glucose from sugar or carbs, not just sugar, but all carbs, or it gets ketones from fat. And if you don't have one, you have to have the other. Like if you're only eating 50 grams of carbs a day, but you're not eating two, 300 grams of fat a day, you're fucked. Like your body will downregulate everything so far that it doesn't want to function correctly. And that's what people don't really understand. Like if you're going to eat low carb, you got to up your fats. You don't eat up your proteins. You don't need 300, 400 grams of protein a day because that shit doesn't help. You need fat. So yeah, I think balancing that, but those two really, I feel a lot better. Uh, My head feels a lot clearer. Good. So mentally, it's uh, it's helped the last week is really, I guess I got a lot more clarity in all four areas. So and, and carbs aren't bad. Like I don't do a lot of carbs because my body doesn't process them well. But that's like saying that, you know, well, diesel fuel is bad because it doesn't work in my Prius. You know, like, yeah. well, do fucking diesel fuel is not meant for a Prius. Like everybody's got a very different digestive system and a very different body. So. Yeah, and I'm going to use the, uh, you know, the fucking Asian excuse. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you rice and I got to eat yeah, rice. Yeah, you guys evolved for thousands of years eating <laughs> fucking rice. Like, go try to drink a gallon of milk yeah. and see how you feel. Yeah, and it's not the Uncle Ben shit either, so. Hey, bro, I like the pre-made Uncle that, Ben's. I, I still, like the pre-made Uncle Ben's rice. That's we, not fucking rice. Yeah, well, yeah, that's fair. All right. All right, by, so, by the basmati, I'm going to put a plug in. Basmati, basmati, so, or even the jasmine if you don't want to spend the uh, extra so, dough. So you get like guys out there. If you are carb sensitive, be very careful about what type of rice you're eating because there is there's a thing called um oh shit. Anyways, I'm not gonna think of it, but it's it's the speed in which the the sugar is pulled out of the rice, the speed in which the glucose is pulled out of the rice, and certain rices this that glucose is so processed that it pulls it out so fast and it'll spike your blood sugar yep. and spike your insulin. So just do a quick, just do some quick research. If you yeah. are a little bit more carb sensitive as to what type of rice has a slower glucose meter, glucose scale. I don't know that people, people message me when they're listening to this and I can't think of a damn word. And they're like, they want to tell me the word, even though we recorded this a week ago. So Words are tough sometimes. Yeah, yeah Basmati is the uh, Lamborghini of rice. So Basmati is the Lamborghini of rice. I don't it's a little more grainy. It's not that starchy, pasty kind of rice, but it literally you cook it right. And if anybody wants the Asian secret on how to make perfect rice every time, just DM me and I'll let you know. Oh, but you're not going to put it out for everybody. I can put it out for everybody. Oh, you know, shit. Because then it won't be a secret anymore. Because it is anymore. an ancient Chinese secret. It is. White eight. people tend to fuck it up a lot. It doesn't have to do with shark fins or anything, right? No, rhino horn. It has horn. to do with, you know, sticking your finger and, you know, it's oh. absurd. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. That went, that went too far south. Don't stick your finger in too far. Mentally, I have been on Jordan Peterson's new book, um, Beyond Order. And I don't know if any of you guys have listened to Jordan Peterson, but he... He's an amazing, one of the most amazing minds of our time, but his vocabulary is, I don't know, maybe 25 steps higher than mine. So a lot of times I have to stop, rewind, re-listen and process a simple sentence just to understand what it means. Like I love his ideas and I love how he's able to put things out um, verbally to really catch a point. But man, I have a hard time with that extremely intellectual vocabulary once in a while. It just doesn't click in my head. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jordan Peterson. Uh, yeah, I love listening to the guy. He's super articulate, super intelligent, well thought. Uh, what's funny is uh, this week it came out on the news that they're Marvel, some Marvel uh, uh, comic writer, artist was spitting out these uh, comics that were comparing um <clears throat> red hood or uh, i forgot the guy that looks like a freaking red skull oh that's funny red it's red skull i think is his name Red skull yeah and they're basically using comparisons to jordan peterson like making it seem like he was red skull i'm like are you kidding me it's totally polar opposites but, so people think there's there's a big mindset issue in the world today and people think that being being very soft and being very 
loving and helpful and um what's that called and you get let your kids get away with something because they're your kids you know you're like you're 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 going over the top i can't think of the word anyways all right so people think that that's positive right and and it is to an extent but you also need it's it's the, it's the yin and the yang it's the dance it you need that and you need someone that looks at you and goes hey are you being fucking accountable like are you are you investing the time to do something right are are you putting in the effort to accomplish this thing that you're bitching that somebody else accomplished and that that's the jordan peterson the jordan peterson is that he's the for the lack of a better term the the father and the father mother relationship and it it's amazing how intelligent that guy is in the way he is able to take ideas from like Nietzsche and implement them into the world today and, and what we're going through. Yeah. And I think, I think he's a very independent mind. I think he'll admit that too. Um, but I think people tend to, and it, it, I don't know why it falls this way, but when he speaks truth and speaks hard truth, sometimes people associate that with the right, and right now, anything on social media, if anybody's associated with the right, they're just, they're vilifying. So it doesn't, you know, Jordan Peterson and that comparison to me was just like, wow, that's not even remotely close if you know him. So Chris Webby, who's a, who's a white rapper, um, has a song called Raw Thoughts 4. And Raw Thoughts 4, he just basically breaks down the entire political system, breaks it down to, to nothing. Like basically everyone is a fucking idiot. He rips on Biden. He rips on Trump. He rips on Pence. He rips on Schumer. He rips on everybody. But that's one thing that he like he talks about. He's like he says in the song, like, I consider myself a liberal most of my life. But now I have to say that I have more in common with Reaganists and Trump supporters than I do with you soft ass lefty liberals because the cancel culture is making it so that you can't have a conversation about anything, which, you know, thank God podcasts kind of still have a little bit of a leeway, but comedians quit doing colleges 20 years ago because you couldn't, you couldn't make a joke about something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now you can't make a joke about anything. Anybody gets offended. Yeah. But it's not, it's not real offense though. That's the problem. It's manufactured offense like they're not really offended yeah Yeah, we talked about this it might not have been on one of the test podcasts but it's like oh i should be offended by that but i wasn't but because i have this thought because society has told me that i should be now i'm going to act like i'm offended even though it really didn't offend me and that's where the that's a weird like hiccup and then and and then all of a sudden we're like then we then we we fall back into like this, this tribalism of like our people versus their people versus their people. And I think that's one of the big issues to bring it back around to where our current events were last time. That's one of the issues that we have is like us versus them with like gun control, because you and I talk about it many times on here, like, like black guns, armed the Armalite rifle killed less people. What did I see this week? Killed less people than people died shoving things in their anus last year. Yeah, yeah, more people died. Yes, and I didn't look up this statistic whether it was real or not. But that was an uh, article. Somewhere. Yeah, it was an article Ooh. somewhere. Um, but so the problem. Is, so we're gonna we're gonna. It's us versus them. It's it's gun control people versus gun rights advocates, right? But the problem is, is like nobody thinks around the problem. They just try to bang their head against the wall a hundred times to try to get through the wall, especially on the gun control side. Like, do you know what it takes to make meth? Like meth is a fucking chemistry. Like it takes chemistry to make meth, right? Every drug dealer in the fucking United States, if you ask him for some meth, can get you some meth. You think if we make guns illegal or make black guns illegal or make semi-automatic guns illegal or make high capacity magazines illegal that they're not going to be able to get you the same shit that all of a sudden the cartel isn't going to have another thing that they can make because all you got to do is have a machine shop and you can machine a piece of metal down to a lower that you can build into a gun right and that's all you need to have so then all of a sudden we have another thing that not just drugs but then the cartel can start dealing on that shit yeah and i think that's a perfect uh we talked about a little bit last time i think the about the lowers, the 80 percenters getting, uh, I don't know what the executive order that they're, you can't have them. Well, they already have that law in California and that's where a bulk of the, uh, 
the murders are that are happening with these specific quote, you know, unserialized lowers. So the criminals are not going to obey the law no matter where. Is that country, Because it's illegal planet. to shoot people too. Right. So, you know, murder is illegal. There's consequences. Is that stopping the murderers? It's, I really think, I, I really think that it's an, it's an elitist agenda to de- de-weaponized that's not the right word is it well it's it's what you saw in the middle east it's uh basically it weakens the public yes so if the public has no way to defend themselves they depend on big government to defend them right yes if they can't you know do this they can't feed themselves or they can't you know they don't own farmland or property well they got to depend on the government to come up with the food so you can apply that to anything so if they have the leverage they have the power it's all a power play yeah and and most of the people on the left that are that are the gun control advocates, they're being played like pawns. Oh, yeah. They're being used like pawns to separate the country, to divide and conquer, to get that power for the fucking elite. Whereas what you know, I just I want to sit down with every one of them and just have a heart to heart. Like, yeah, but they're so you know, they're un- uneducated. But I know I know they are. But who who's going to educate them? So that's where I like they don't I really think no, but they. I honestly think that if you could get them out of their echo chamber, a very large portion of them would at least listen. They might not, they might not at the end of a conversation look at you and go, oh, you're right. But it would at least plant some seeds. And that's everything that we do is we plant seeds. That's what this podcast does. It plants little seeds. And sometimes those seeds get watered and turn into amazing sprouted plants. And if you could plant those seeds in those people as to like, Okay, let's make let's 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 do a thought experiment. Let's make them all illegal. So guess who who the only people that have them are are the criminals because there's already a lot of illegal shit in our country that you can right. get. You know? And so that and and that's the thing, but when we when we look and try to battle them, we're doing the same thing. We're banging our head against the wall too because it's us versus them, but it doesn't need to be us versus them. It, it, it needs to get back to a national conversation where where we educate them and then they educate us on what they're thinking. And then we dance this this, you know, for the lack of a better word, this political dance between right and left. And we dance back and forth and we find the healthy place. We find the healthy yeah. place to settle. But we have this we and we do it on we do it. On our side, too, we do it on, you know, the independents do it, too. Not as bad, but the right definitely do it to the left and the left do it to the right, where it's like us versus them. It's this damaging, like, I'm my idea is right. Your idea is wrong. But it's like they don't they're not doing this to take our rights. They, they, they're they not looking at us and going, I want to take your gun rights. They honestly think in their heart and in their mind that they're saving people's lives. But they need to be educated that the things that they're trying to push forward are not actually going to save anyone's life. It's just going to take the guns out of law abiding citizens hands so that the only people that have them are the criminals. But we can't ever have that conversation if it's, if it's, you know, us fucking armored up against them, you know, with their flowers yelling at us. We, we need to, we need to open the conversation back up in our country. And I think that's where I get frustrated. I'm an independent and I get frustrated with the left because the majority of the left is driven by not just the media, but whatever the narrative is drives the emotion. So to me, it's, it's so anti squared away. It's, you're, you're driving all your thoughts, all your reason, all your logic by emotion. You know, you've completely shut down the mental completely. And you're just parroting off whatever the news is telling you, whatever um, the administration is telling you, whatever Fauci is telling you. And just not even taking the time to process it and come up with, oh, okay, maybe I should, you know, question something. Yeah. You're just, it's... It's just so lemming-like. And and we all need to be better at questioning. Like, I need to be better specifically at questioning, like, environmental issues. Because I have always been fairly conservative. When that stuff, type of stuff comes up, I immediately go to deregulation. But is that the right way to go? Because China has deregulation. And look at the fucking, you know, look at the environment over there. Because they will rape and pillage every piece of dirt that they can make money out of 
out of the ground and pour everything they can into their atmosphere just to make a little bit more money for certain people to be able to buy more shit, which in our country, because that we're capitalists, not um, not the other way around, that would be the the business owners or manufacturers raping the country to make a bunch of shit, to just make some more money, to buy a bigger fucking jet or a bigger fucking house right. or shit like that. Like we're, we all have things that we need to question more and do more research because, because I, we have our, our ingrained biases and a lot of times we let those speak for ourselves, but being able to pull yourself out of it and actually, Oh shit, I am going to actually start to look up some environmental facts and try to figure it out. But and I think it goes back to what you're talking about is you have to be able to come to the table with the quote other side or with people that you disagree with and be able to put things on the table and come to a conclusion together that you may not agree with everything down to the you know little pinpoint, but you're going to come up with a, a decent solution where you're kind of, it's, I don't even want to call it compromise, but something that makes sense for both sides. And what you're talking about with China is like they're in a communist socialist environment. There is no table to come to, you know, they're going to dictate down what they want and what's going to benefit them. And whatever benefits them is going to be at all costs, whether it's an environmental disaster, they don't care because it comes to the bottom line. You know, if their people are impoverished, they don't care. Their people only have one day off a week. They don't care. This is, that's what communism does. That's what I've seen over there. I've seen in other countries and do not want to see here. You know, we have so many great freedoms here. And I just feel like sometimes we're, we're so easily wanting to throw it away because of this, you know, complacent drive through mentality, instant gratification. And we're just emotionally led because we're just mentally lazy. That's, this is where I'm going to put it on the parents. A lot of this I'm going to put on the parents of of a lot of the people in our country and the parents of parents, maybe depending on I'd have to sit down to look at a generational tract as to where we're at. But a lot of people today under 35 have never been taught how to have that compromising conversation, have never been taught how to open their mind because their parents just let the TV raise them. Their parents never got into those conversations with them. Their parents never said, hey, I see that you have this opinion, but maybe let's let's look it up and let's look up some ideas and try to figure out the real, you know, the real thing so that we know facts, not just opinions. And parents, that's your fucking job. Like your job is to take those little babies, those little mushy babies that come out and can't even feed themselves and turn them into a fully functioning, intelligent human being that is able to pull themselves out of their emotions and have a conversation like that. And parents aren't fucking doing that. Right. Because they're worried about paying off their fucking credit card bills that they bought a bunch of shit to make themselves feel better because they have no idea how to get squared away. And the bottom line is their parenting style is, well, I want my kids to have, you know, much better than I did. And I think that's going to bite them in the ass. That already is. That's what we're seeing. And we talked about this a few podcasts ago, but like the the cool people, the the real cool people that like that fit into your life, they weren't like completely well adjusted, had whatever they wanted. Like that doesn't create yeah, a, that doesn't create a, a good person. A good person comes out of out of wreckage and it comes out of learning how to deal. But man, as a parent, I don't want to like I don't want to fuck up my kid. So I try to like, I try to engineer adversity, but then support them learning how to come through adversity and support their ability to learn how to deal with adverse situations versus the adverse situations being caused by fucked up parents, right? Like there's got to be a, there's got to be a positive, there's got to be a balance there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, um, You know, but it's to a point is how how do you get these now kids that have turned into adults? How do you get them to, you know, take personal ownership? Yeah. And I, I don't I don't know um, I, shit that we're doing right now, like this type of stuff. 
Like we're, you know, you and me, maybe over the next few years might only hit thousands or hundred thousand people, but there's thousands of you and me out there doing this. And if we can compound interest, right? Like people don't understand how impressive compound interest is until you get years down the road with compounding. Like if you guys want to do a cool experiment, just download a financial calculator and put in some compound interest numbers, start with a hundred thousand dollars and put in an interest rate of 7%, 8%, 9%, 10%, and then watch it compound 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And all of a sudden when you're 30 years in, you have a few million dollars and that 6% every time is, you know, $120,000 that you're making a year on that compounding just on the 6% interest. But that compounding effect works everywhere. And that compounding effects works on stuff that we're doing right now. You know, the, the, our voices right now that we're putting into this microphone, it's going into this MacBook and it's going to echo through the waves. And if we're really, really lucky and pe- and we really, really touch enough people, this will go out there and maybe 20 people send it to 20 people. And then those 20 people will send it to another hundred people. And maybe five years from now, we've hit a million people. And, and maybe out of that million, a hundred thousand people have actually got their shit together just because, you know, we were a, a little flicker of a catalyst. We're not doing it like we can't do it for anyone. But that, I think, is how how times change and how generations change and how people change. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, um, you know, right now I'm involved with a group. uh, And this might relate to kind of what we're talking about is it's a there's a men's group that meets uh, monthly now. It just started because there's a high rate of suicide within the young men's. My young men is like from high school up. And it's in one of the most affluent areas around here. So the suicide isn't because of anything other than, you know, affluence. And how do you deal with that? So so I think one one theory that I have on that, because that's that's pretty common, especially in um, areas where affluence is amongst average people. Right. Because so if I'm if I'm a, if I'm in the hood, right, let's say let's say I'm in the hood. Let's say my parents make twenty thousand dollars total. We're always struggling. OK, struggle, first of all, brings people together, even though it's not fun. It brings people together. So when you're brought together, you have people. But struggle also gives you something to look to or point at for your unhappiness and your um, lack of accomplishment not accomplishment. That's not right. Your lack of feeling good about what you've done, whatever the right word is for that, but you have something to point at. You have, you know, I come from this. That's my excuse. Your parents make $250,000 a year. You have whatever you want. You've never been taught to put yourself in adverse situations without adverse situations. You don't have those positive feelings but you also don't have anything to blame it on. And when you don't have anything to blame it on, it's a dark outlook. You have all these really, really negative emotions that come with not accomplishing anything and not getting through any adverse situations, just like the fucking climate, you know, the the mountain that we talked about with the helicopter. Like if you're just set on top of that mountain and you don't, you still have those unhappy feelings and you're like, well, I'm here, I guess it's not really worth trying because I might as I might as well end it. And that's where it comes from. Yeah. And I I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, that's what they're seeing. Um, So I'm speaking there May 4th, I believe. But the, um, you know, what I'm speaking on is what we're talking about is, is how to get squared away. So if you, even if you don't have a shred of adversity that you're dealing with in your life, you know what? You still have to look in the mirror every day and say, am I squared away? So if you're not dealing with adversity, you know what? Maybe you're in a position where you can go and give back to the community. You know, maybe you're in a position where you can go out and help other people. You know, to me, it's like uh, being on an airplane and when they're sitting down and going through the safety talk, right? Talk about the oxygen mask. When the oxygen masks fall from the ceiling, you know, make sure that you have yours fitted on first before you go help somebody else. Well, well, that's, that's what this is like. So, you know, always check that you're squared away. Make sure that your, quote, oxygen mask is on before you go help somebody else. But if if you're in that affluent situation, rather than looking at, oh, man, uh, you know, you get into that dark 
thing. I got everything. Now what? I can't blame anybody for anything. Well, you know what? Square yourself away and say, hey, you know, I, I have everything. I should be, I'm pretty blessed. So I can turn around and you know what? Go help somebody else get squared away. I, I have one right here. And I, I wrote this to a friend of ours. And um, this is from the Jordan Peterson book. And this is dead fucking on to what we're talking about right now. The meaning of life is found in shouldering a noble burden, not from a place of comfort. You know, a, a noble burden like that means it's it's fucking yeah. hard. That means doing something hard that has a noble outcome. That is where the meaning of life is found, not in that comfortable place of ease. Yeah, it, it really comes down to you got to get beyond yourself. Yeah. So. Um, spiritual. I started shooting my bow again. Well, I got a new bow. I haven't shot bow since I was a kid. Fuck yeah, it is, <laughs> dude. Archery is spiritual as shit. <laughs> if you talk to yeah, Cameron Haynes, probably yeah. Well, so so meditation, right? Like meditation. Yep. Meditation comes from clearing the mind, getting rid of the voice, and putting yourself in a place of of a white room. Basically, is the idea of your mind. Archery is the same thing. I think you're right. Yeah, if I'm at the range and there's nobody's there, yeah, that's probably very spiritual yep. for me. See, so that's my spiritual. That's never the case for me. It's never the case for you. No. You should do that sometimes. Yeah, I like shut put, down the range. I like put headphones in. Oh, like really? Actual headphones. Yeah, I'll put headphones in and put like a like a, a like a, a a mantra track or like a yoga track on. You know, even just the what do they call the the bowls? You know, the the sound bowls. Yeah. Just put something like that on. Puts me in a good place, um, and just shoot like that. Well, you don't have anybody coming up to you. Want to look at your shit and no, I don't. I'm not a jacked Asian dude like you that looks like a fucking <laughs> that looks like a Navy SEAL. People look at me. I, people don't come up to me and talk to me. I must. I must just look like a prick. All right, I'm gonna try to look like a prick. You probably look like a really nice guy, and I probably look like a fucking douchebag. That's probably why people <laughs> don't that come what up. It is? Yeah. Okay. They look at you and they're like, "Oh, look at this nice Asian man. I'm gonna go talk to him." And then they look at me and they're like, "Look at this fucking bearded hillbilly. I don't want to go talk to this <laughs> asshole." I'm gonna go try something different. I'm gonna try uh, uh, doing some fake beard or something. And there you go. And hat. You should do a Mr. Miyagi with the long. The long no, because stash. then I'm gonna get more attention. Then <laughs> try to blend in. I look like a terrorist. And the hat. What's the hat called? What's the Chinese hat called? I don't. I call Come it. On, I it's call got it a, name. a symbol. It does look like it a looks symbol. Looks like a symbol. You're right. I have no fucking clue what that is. Oh shit. I'm God Asian and I don't know what that is. Ugh. I'm sorry. I apologize. Emotional. Where have you been emotionally? Emotionally, I think is uh, emotionally and spiritually goes hand in hand for me. Okay. And I think I've been doing, it's been solid. Like I said, I've been in touch with the church that is roughly about an hour and a half away. But it's just where it's, you know, it's home for me. I get a good message from there. Good relationship with the pastor. Emotionally, relationship wise, I'm in a good place, you know, just knowing where my borders are and knowing where my priorities are. So... Priorities, I think, and 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 re, not reaffirming, but looking at your priorities and reminding yourself your priorities, I think, is a really good emotional exercise because it's really easy to get lost in the I don't have this, I'm not the best this, but if they're not on the top of your priority list, then what does it fucking matter? Right? You know, like my number one priority is a dad, and. I do a lot with my kids and I did a, I did a, um, a Instagram live to do a podcast promotion for this podcast with, um, Dustin. Here's a shout out to Dustin on Instagram. Um, shit, I'll have to come up with his name at, in a, after I get done talking about this. But, um, and I, I had this, I didn't go to soccer, um, with my daughter and, Dustin's like, Hey, that went really well. Do you want to do like an every other week thing? And I was like, Hey man, like I'll do once a month, you know, I'll come on and do once a month, but I can't give you every other week because that's that day is set for soccer, you know, yeah. and Thursdays are set for swimming. And, you know, I, that's my number one priority right now. And that's, that's why I do what I do for work. That's why I go to the gym at four in the morning, five in the morning, you know, it's all because that's the time when they're sleeping. So that's my time. But when I'm not working and I'm home, that's their time. So father, first priority, husband, second priority, then take care of all my shit. Yeah. 
And I think that's her. That's very disciplined of you to be able to set your priorities like that. I, I mean, it, we only, I only get so many years, right? Like I only get, I don't get to all of a sudden when I'm 50 or 60 and I don't have anything to do, like come in and start being dad. Cause it's a little fucking late then. Right. You know? So I really do. I, I try but emotionally like that, that you need to remind yourself of that so that you're not like looking at the, you know, you're not looking at the, the guy who him and his wife don't have any kids and they have the big ass house and he's got the fucking, you know, whatever brand new escalator, whatever. And you're like, man, what's this guy doing that I'm not? Well, he also, his priorities are different and that's fine. That's okay for him. Like, I'm not saying that's any wrong for him, but you need to remember yourself what your priorities are. Yeah. And I think uh, even like on the relationship side, you know, for those of us who aren't married is to know where your borders are, because I think it's really, really easy if you're, you know, my personal advice, and it's probably wrong, you know, like I said, I'm an idiot, is to, to get off those fucking dating apps because they're they're no good and they're a waste of time. That that just shows me that you're chasing a relationship. And when you do and when you get into one, it's just a spiral, a spiral of your time. I think you have to know where your boundaries are. And like you said, you know, set your priorities. I mean, if you're dad... That is a 24-7, you know, priority. So, um, you know, good things will come to those who, you know, when you're not looking for them. Yeah. So, I'm right there with you. I just want to – it's Dust, D-U-S-T 57N. That's Dustin that I did the – he works with uh, Gorilla Gang as a clothing line. He works with Dark Elements Labs, I think. He works with a bunch of different companies. But anyways, getting back to what you said – I 100, 110% agree. I told my kids, I mean, my, my oldest is, is, is almost 17. My youngest, I haven't told this yet, but don't look for people. Look for things that you enjoy, activities that you enjoy, whether it's hiking or yoga or whatever it is that you enjoy. Do those things and then the right type of people flow into your life. And it's like a, it's kind of like a net, right? Like it's a net catching. I don't want to say it's a net catching a fish. Cause if you have a net, all the fish go through, but it's just like, you're going to have hundreds of people that flow through your life. And the ones that are meant to stay, the ones that, that stick right, that, that fit into the, the quirks, because we all have quirks, right? Like my quirks just need to work with your quirks. Like they'll stick around longer and you can't just be out there searching, but you also can't be sitting at home on the fucking couch. You have to be out doing things. Right. Yeah. I always like to use the, especially when I'm on target is, is life is a, it's a marathon, you know, it's not a sprint and you know, I fucking hate running, so I'll never run a marathon. But if I did and compare that to life, you know, you're running along, you're running along, you're running along, you, you know, your goal is the finish line. Well, you know what? The people that are running in that same direction with the same goals are going to come up and run alongside you. And those are the people that, you know, you're going to you're going to meet. Like you were just saying, just you need to do what you're going to do. And the people that, you know, come alongside you are those people that support you. And maybe those are people that you're going to end up in a relationship with. So. And support. You know what? Like that. Like oh, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of hard. Like there's a lot of poor relationships out there because people are 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 so hung up on their own ego that when their spouse starts to become good at something or become successful at something, they can't handle it, and they end up going negative emotionally because, you know, your wife makes more money than you. Give me a fucking break. If my wife made more money than me. I'd be like, God damn, baby, bring it home. Yeah. You know, like, but guys guys have a hard time with that, you know, and girls, I'm sure you have uh, your thing too. I'm not on that end, but, um, it's just simple things like that, like support and motivate and push, but push in the right way. Like guys need push specific way. The way that guys push guys does not work for guys to push girls. Trust me. (laughs) I've tried. It's not the same. You don't get the same benefits. (laughs) So it's the benefits thing. I always keep thinking when you say something like that is uh, how men address men when we greet each other and how women address women when we greet each other. And I always try to picture, well, what if women did that to each other? Right. I swear they'd all hate each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they'd hold grudges forever. Oh, they'd be like, did they really mean that they said that? Yeah. Did he, did she really mean to call me a fat freaking sea cow, you know? They'd be in the shower washing their hair going, do you think she meant that? Or do you think she was kidding? 
Uh, all right. So we're going to try to get through some quick, rapid fire questions. Um, I got one here. Shit, I got to remember. Look, uh, Sweeney Todd, what effects complacency has had or caused people not pushing themselves physically or mentally and letting the media or celebrities through the media tell them what to think? People not pushing themselves enough. I think if you're letting the media and the celebrities telling you how to think, that's a really quick red flag, a real quick sign that, you know what, you mentally just become complacent. Yeah, and I think I think complacency, complacency, I think also could be drawn out of that question as to just what has complacency done. And complacency overall has damaged our population because you're you you can be complacent, right? Like if you were if we were in a in a in a tribe, well, let's see, civilization civilizations like fifteen thousand years old. So like twenty thousand years ago, right? You're in a tribe. If you were complacent, like you just got hit over the fucking head with a rock because you were dead weight. That doesn't happen anymore. Like you, you if you're complacent now, like you you just get drug along, you get brought along. You you still have a house. More than likely, you still have cable. You still have cell phone. You know, you still have all this shit. There's and a so program like, to help you be complacent somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There's there's programs everywhere to help you be complacent. But guess what happens when you're not earning any of that stuff? You don't get any positive feelings from it. You don't get any feelings of accomplishment from it. And without the feelings of accomplishment, you end up in the same place that those troubled youth in affluent society are at. You have all this shit, nothing to blame. So you start building straw men as to this. These people are to blame the, you know, this race is to blame or this elitist group is to blame or business owners are to blame or police are to blame or you start building these straw men where like, really like, I mean, fucking Michael Jackson said it like. Look at the man in the mirror. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest damaging thing that complacency has done is it has caused so much negative emotion inside the people that are complacent, not to mention the damaging effects of other people that look at people that they know that are complacent because that that ends up alienating you more from your from your tribe right. than anything. Yeah, and I think complacency is really, you know, fucked ownership. You know, people don't take ownership of anything anymore because no. it's easy to be complacent. It takes yeah. work and effort to take ownership of your life. So a lot of excuses, a lot of blame is is what this world's become. You know, and it leads into, you know, a current event that I think is coming up that I just, I have a really, you know, bad feeling about this whole the whole, everything that's happening in Minneapolis. Yeah, I and and I don't I haven't followed it enough to be able to speak on the details of the actual um case. But I know that there was a big red flag when they pushed the when they pushed it up to what murder one versus manslaughter because that then has to be um proven yeah. Beyond a reasonable doubt that he something in this pro, this won't be perfect, but something that has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt that he was doing it to to cause that harm. Right. And the you know, the problem is, is he's uh, and it just pisses me off. These fuck sticks, the media, they have not been reporting the details of the court case. And unfortunately, they Everything the media has ever shown was a, a clip, you know, and here's where there's, you know, no context. They show the clip of exactly what happened. You know, the, you know, Chauvin had his knee on supposedly, you know, Floyd's neck and that caused the, you know, asphyxiation. Well, now when you look at the 12 to 13 minutes surrounding that, that's that's not the case. And now as they're doing the investigation and jury's watching and show that his his knee wasn't even on his neck on a different, you know, camera angle. And you know what? I don't condone it. I mean, when I first saw it, I mean, I was upset too. It was like, 
No, good grief. I mean, is there a lack of training up there? What happened here? Um, you know, this should have never happened. They should have known when to pull off and get the guy resuscitated. Um, you know, it's just a bad situation all the way around. But when you look at the case, I don't think they're going to be able to come to a conclusion. They're going to have to quit the guy. And that's going to cause a, a big shit show. All it's going summer. to be rough. Is that when it's planned? Is that when they think that the court case will wrap up? Yeah, I think the court case will wrap up in the next couple of weeks here and it's going to be BLM burning every fucking thing down. It's going to be massive. You know, people aren't going to care. People, I think, already have made up in their mind what the verdict is. Yeah. And if it doesn't fall in line, yeah. then the media is at blame quite a bit for this because they're not showing this. So the people that are getting upset are never seeing the context or what's happening with this case. Yeah. But, I, I, so the, the media, the media as a whole are fucking assholes, but our media, I don't, I don't know how to fix it because the reason that they're like this is because this, what's makes them money. Right. Because if it bleeds, it leads versus a well-balanced, unbiased approach to every news story does not make money. Yeah, that'd be so boring. How do you fix that, right? I mean, like I had somebody yesterday who was like, hey, this kid that got shot in, is in Minnesota also, right? Um, Did they really pull him over for, um, fuck, what was it? It was a traffic registration. No, but I think it was the original, it was uh, pine tree air fresheners hanging from the mirror. Might not have been the same one. No, it's the same one. Okay. But then he had warrants. Yes, he had but warrants. But they don't say that. They don't say that. They say he got pulled over for Pine Tree Air Freshener. Stop. Yeah. He and had, all of a sudden you have to go, you have to read dot, 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 dot. And he had warrants out for his arrest. Correct. He had warrants out for his arrest. And then he resisted arrest. And then the the female white police officer thought she was pulling out her taser yes and then pulled out her gun poor training and shot yes. poor training poor training and and it is and I know a lot of the uh, fire chiefs police chiefs will tell me a lot of the new recruits they're getting in I mean have not been exposed to a lot of trauma so they have not been exposed to let's say you know battle so when they get in their adrenaline spiked, you know, a lot of times they're not making the right decision. But isn't there simple things like I know a lot of police forces have them on separate sides? Yeah, there's a lot of them have them yeah, on separate sides. They have they have, is, they so. have a lot. I mean, a lot of them I know because my 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 brother's friend like immediately was like, holy shit. That's why we have ours on separate sides. Correct. Like you don't accidentally reach to your right and reach to your left. That doesn't fucking yep. happen. But that to me is is poor training because basically in a case of trauma, your body is going to resort down to what your last level of training was. Oh, yeah. I mean, you anybody has felt this that drives that somebody pulls out in front of you and you have to jack on the brakes. And all of a sudden, all that adrenaline rams through your system and you're shaking and you're like, holy shit. Like people aren't trained to be able to act intelligently in that time, but you need to be. You need to be in that type of role. But we're everything that we're doing right now is forcing intelligent, good people out of policing. Right. And the only people that are not the only, but a, a lot higher majority than should be are people that shouldn't be cops. Oh, right. Because I wouldn't want to be a fucking cop today. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The way that they're just being, you know, demonized. Dude, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, and I got a friend that basically was uh, consulted to not return to the police force, especially with the shit show that's coming this summer because of this. You know, and, and my point is everything in life comes down to a root problem. And whenever I hear something like this and then I, I do some research, look at the context, it's like, you know what? All this would be nothing if people would just not break the fucking law. Right. I mean, it, or I don't like, I, mean, so, I don't like so, what happened. I agree. I agree. I, I, I feel it. I feel what you're saying, but also you take responsibility for your actions. So if you broke the law, so let's say, let's say I was driving around and I had a half an ounce of pot on me and it's illegal in Wisconsin and I got pulled over and 
you take responsibility for the actions. I, I say, yep, you got me. Where's my ticket? You know, and you fucking move on. Like nobody wants to have a fight with you. Right. But you and I'm not, so I'm, I'm even going, I'm even going past your, I'm even going past where you're at. I'm, I'm so going past the breaking going the law. To, okay, I'm going past the, the breaking the law because I drive around with window tint on all my windows. That's illegal. But guess what? If I get pulled over for it, that's the risk that I'm taking. I'm not going right. to be, I'm not going to be belligerent because I think the law is stupid. I'm going to say, I think the law is stupid. So I'll take my ticket. But you're not going to resist arrest. No, no. So that's I mean, what, yeah, that, and that's where I'm saying, I'm saying, even if you think a law, even if you think a law is, 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 Dumb. Even if you don't want to follow that specific law. Well, that's how this works. That's like the freedom of speech. You have the right to look at me and tell me that my mom's a whore. But guess what? That doesn't that means you can't go to jail. It doesn't mean I can't punch in your fucking face for it. That's how rights work. Like you have the right. That means the government cannot step in and tell you you can't do it. But that doesn't mean that you still there's still not a consequence to your action. It's the same with there's a law. There's a law on window tinting. If I drive around with my window with my windows completely all tinted and I get pulled over, I broke the law. Why did you break the law? Because I think it's a stupid law. Right. Well, okay, here we're here we are. I'm sorry, sir, that you had to do this, but if you have to give me a ticket, I understand. Get your ticket, you fucking move on. Right. I mean, with this whole situation, it's I understand, you know, there's race tension yes. going on. You know, I'm a minority. Obviously, I'm not black, I'm Asian. Um but there's got to be a point where people get beyond that because when the verdict comes out, it's not going to be about race. It's going to be about the situation that had happened. And I don't think people are going to get beyond that. And as a result of that, you're going to see destruction, chaos, and the quote, you know, more division. And, and what's going to happen? You know, I mean, white people are going to be targets. I'm sorry. You know, white people are going to become the, quote, you know, tortured minority discriminated against. You know, what? how do you feel about that? How do I feel about that? Yeah. You're I, white. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, I, for me, it's 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 just it's keeping my family safe. You know, I'll be in that situation. I'll, I'll we'll get through it. And, and it's it's all going to be about keeping the people that I'm responsible for, you know, the four people that I'm responsible for safe. And that's what it's going to come down to. And I, I, I hope that nothing I hope that nothing happens. I hope that I don't have to deal with any of it. Um, but I'm also moderately prepared for any sort of negative situation like that because this last year really showed us what can happen. And neighborhoods can be ransacked. And large groups of unruly mobs can come through nice, quiet little neighborhoods. And you got to be ready, you know, and I, 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 th- I think it's awful. I think it's awful that it's a race thing. Um, but I also, I can't stand up. I'm not the person that can stand up and, and, and try to talk through it for any specific race other than, you know, white males, middle-aged white males. Like that's the, it, but, but that's we how need, it's come we to need is, power. no, but we, but, white people can't even say anything though. No, but, and, but, if you say anything, it's, then it's you're not like, going to, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. If I say, yes, you're right. I can't say anything. If I say something, I'm going to be lambasted, but I don't even think, even if I could say something, it wouldn't, it would never be any sort of, it wouldn't be beneficial to young black males, young, young black females that needs to come from inside. It needs to come from people that they respect and people that they see as intelligent leaders. And that that's where it needs to come from. Yeah, no, I agree. It has to come from the inside. I think, you know, I really feel for the the black communities. I mean, I lived in Chicago and they, you know, before Wrigleyville was all completely redone and it was it was a cockroach infested, you know, um lots of races that basically existed in an area that, you know, everybody hated each other. You know, we had the blacks, you know, I was in the Asian group, you had the Hispanics and then you had a little the whites were the really the minority. If you looked at my class picture in Chicago, there's like maybe three or four whites. Yeah. And you're talking 30 some, you know, you know, different nationalities. But I mean, you look at you, you go back and look at New York. 
Look at New York when everybody was coming into the United States. Like it's it's tribes basically. It was, like it was New York, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was little tribes of races. And why? Honestly, I I really really do think that a lot of that has to do with our brains ability to chunk. We chunk groups of people by specific characteristics. Right. Just like if you looked at a full lot of cars and you were like, organize these cars. You could chunk them out by trucks, cars, SUVs. You could chunk them out by blue, black, red, but you are chunking and our brain chunks things. And that I think has a lot to do with why there is, why racism is assumed just because this small area, all these people grew up together and now they're, they chunk they feel comfortable with, you know, Asian people that grew up all together feel comfortable with Asian people and black people that grew up all together feel more comfortable with black people. And then that exacerbates the issue, whereas really it should be I feel comfortable with people that treat me with respect. Yeah. I mean, I look at these black communities, it's, you know, the root of the problem is, again, is these their the family structure has been broken. Yeah. And. You know, I think that's where if the politicians are really honest, they would focus the funding and the help to help rebuild that family structure, rebuild these these neighborhoods. Because I have a lot of black friends and I mean, they're the greatest people in the world. Yeah. Um, and I feel for them and I feel when there's racist stuff being said. But I, I've dealt with that in my life. I mean, I've ever since I was a kid and even up until last year getting out of a parking structure, you know, people will yell shit. You know, I hear the ching chong chings or, you know, the, you know, the nerds or, you know, the, well. You don't exactly look like a nerd. Well, the last, uh, the parking ramp situation, uh, I was getting out of my truck and all of a sudden uh, somebody must have been like where the ramps are. They must have been like on a different floor, two or three floors up. All of a sudden I hear, nice truck, you nerd. Oh. <laughs> was, Obviously, it was like it was it was cold out and I had a jacket on, so maybe I look like a complete total nerd. But maybe it's just because most of the dudes that buy Raptors don't actually drive them the way they're supposed to be driven. <laughs> so maybe weird. that's why he called you a nerd. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, you're not supposed to be driving them in the urban setting. I don't know. I'll let the listeners decide. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have one more question from Bob Borderlane. Um. Something me and a friend were talking about, the fine line between getting a lot of exercise and hammering yourself into the ground. For instance, I've always self-treated injuries with walking, stretching, and some type of exercise. I wonder if I actually sat down for once and took a break, maybe I wouldn't have injured myself. Seems like everyone I know has a day or days when they just sit or do something relaxing. Um, so basically mind stronger than the body, which I feel like is probably something that you're probably a little bit more versed to <laughs> at your elder age than yeah. I am right I, now. I think the, the question is, yeah, how old are you, Bob? And uh, um, yeah, the truth is the older you get, the recovery period is a lot different. Your your tendons are a lot tougher. Um, you need to take the extra days off of recovery. And I'm learning I spend a lot of time and investment in recovery products. Um, and I I know a lot of guys hate it. And I hate stretching. So, you know, I do a lot of stretches. I do a lot of hangs now. Um, it's, it's a pain in the ass. But I remember the days when I was 20s and 30s, I didn't stretch. I walked straight into place and start, you know, loading the plates on. I think... I, I agree hundred percent. I think it's your toolbox changes as you get older, right? Yeah. Like your toolbox when you're 20 years old is a fucking hammer and a saw and you're going to, you're going to do whatever. Yeah. You're going to fucking hammer it into shape and you're going to cut it down. And you're going to hammer it into shape. And you're going to cut it down. Right. You got two pounds of a uh, two pound keg of creatine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When you're but 49, you, 50, all of a sudden it turns into. You, you have much more fine precision tools. Yeah. Fine you, supplements to recover. Versus, yes. Yes. And you, and you're. You can't just muscle things into place anymore. Like you got to think through it a little bit more. And, you know, maybe your maybe your days change a little bit and it doesn't. I mean, sitting and relaxing, I don't think is necessarily needed by anybody, but I think active recovery is needed by everyone. Dude, you don't you don't 
recover your body by sitting on the couch and watching fucking TV. You recover your body by, first of all, getting all the happy chemicals to flow through your body. So you fucking go outside and you play with your kids or you play with your dog or you go out and hike with your dog or you take your wife to Devil's Lake and fucking hike around the hike, hike around the trails. And that's where your active recovery, because what is recovery? Recovery is muscle repair, muscle tendon, bone yeah. repair. Right. And that needs nutrients. Nutrients, the way to get nutrients into all those things is blood flow. If you don't have blood flow, then you're not getting all the right nutrients in there. So yeah. move around. It doesn't need to be crazy. Um, but I think that's more important than sitting and relaxing. I think relaxing is important for the mind. Um, but relaxing in a positive, beneficial way, not just mindless scrolling of the computer. Right. You know? Yeah. And it depends what kind of level of, you know, fitness you want to be at. I mean, I'm at a point now where I went in this morning and I did a, you know, full arm workout and I'm going to go back a little bit later to just work on accessories, you know, where my body's been weak and it's not killing it with massive amounts of plates. It might be 15 pound dumbbells that I'm doing like, you know, partial laterals with, but at my age, I have to help build those supporting muscles. Otherwise I feel like shit. Yeah. And, and blood flow and moving and mobility. And yeah, if you, if you could lift 600 pounds worth of plates up off the ground with a bar, but you can't get in your own fucking truck, then what's the point? Right. What the fuck's the point? What are we doing here? Are Are we setting arbitrary goals that have, that have no positive benefit? Cause that's the thing. Okay. We set goals and we work for them, but are the goals right? Are we working for a year towards a goal that isn't necessarily the most intelligent goal? Yeah. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Cause Bob, I don't know how old you are because you know, earlier in life, you know, Bob's for older. guys, I think Bob's, you know, Bob's probably 45, 50, I think. Oh, we calling them old. Yeah. Yeah. You fuckers <laughs> are old. <laughs> but yeah, earlier in life, you know, we, we all want to pack on a ton of muscle, but as we get older, we realize it's like, you know what? It's not going to happen unless there's, you know, some enhancement going on. So, you know, the biggest thing is is staying healthy. And like Paul's saying, you got to you gotta stay mobile. I'm learning that, you know what, half the time I'm sitting on my bedroom floor looking like I'm doing a yoga class. But guess what? I can get in my truck. I can bend over and pick something up without pain. And, you know, I can play with my kids and not worry about it. But I have to do that. Otherwise, I look like a freaking two by four. Yeah. And, and I, I have it. I have it in my lower back. I've been driving since I was 16 for work. Like I got my driver's license. I started driving truck and I drive now for my job. I'm in a car. So I'm sitting all the fucking time. So my my hips are tilted forward. And my lower back is always tight. So that's where my work goes. That's where my time goes. It goes into rolling out my lower back, rolling out my hips, doing my psoas stretches, like stuff like that. And I'm fucking, you know, I'm 36, seven ish. Kegels too. What? Yeah. You dude, you got to do the Kegels so you can hold it. So you can go as long as you want. There's an app for that. that There's an app for that. For real. There's an app for that. Just so you know. Um, that's a, for a totally different podcast. If you can hold it, you can actually orgasm without, coming so we'll do a different podcast on that <laughs> okay <laughs> let's do a little research on that because i have no idea what the fuck he's talking about so all right i think we uh i think we covered an hour oh wait wait wait, hold on i want to go over this one thing i brought this so my daughter works at a small business it is not a big corporate business it's a small business they had an hour and a half wait no six seven thirty yeah so they had an hour and a half meeting to go over their new employee handbook okay this is a small business i just want to cover a few of these things i'm going to read them to you guys and i'm going to watch martin's face while i read them uh earrings one earring in each ear is permitted eyewear only conservative colors and styles with minimum logos hair accessories should be conservative and coordinate with the outfit hair color natural looking and maintained highlights subtle highlights in your hair are allowed as long as it creates a uniform look hairstyle we get into makeup natural looking well blended nails should not exceed one fourth of an inch beyond the fingertip if polish is used it should be an appropriate neutral color no decals uh necklaces visible necklaces are not allowed rings only one ring on each hand. 
Sideburns. There's a spot on this for sideburns. Female sideburns? Sideburns. Well, I'm, this is multi-sex. Sideburns should be neatly trimmed, straight, and even in width. They should blend naturally for through the hairline and may end at the bottom of the earlobe. Socks must be worn each day. Undergarments. Wear appropriate undergarments at all times and not visible. No eye watches are allowed. This is a fucking... They, this is a small business. This is where we're at. That's a little weird. Uh, this is really- super weird. And this is just a little one sheet. This is a, a little laminated one sheet that they got. They got a full like 60 page thing about this. The The woman, my daughter has red hair. The woman asked my daughter if that was her natural yeah, colored color. hair because hair dye is not allowed. She and it's not like, red. It's like strawberry blonde. She work at a convent? Or no. It's a fucking dog kennel. It's a dog kennel? Yes. So like this is so what are the dogs picky or what? Jordan Jordan Peterson talked about this in 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 his in the book. He was working with a a, a corporate woman who w- was at the at her wits end because her company had been spending weeks emailing memos and sitting down for meetings to come up with a new word for flip chart because the flip chart you know the easel thing yeah because flip apparently used to be derogatory towards Filipinos but. Jordan Peterson could not find any use of it today, but they, the, her company, her large corporate America company yeah. was spending hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of the most, like the highest paid people in the company, first of all, figuring out what to use instead of flip chart and then coming up with um, how to punish people if they still use the word flip chart. And just like, like she was so furious because she, she lost all respect for her company that she worked for because of this. And that's what, that's what I think people don't understand is you look at that and you go, well, what bad could come of that? They're just trying to make sure that no one gets left out or sink. But the people that realize how ridiculous you are being lose all respect for you in the long run. And that when she brought this home yesterday, I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, did they really give you this to bring home? And it instantly made me, made me think of that and where we are at today, as far as not offending people being so over the top, politically correct. That we're surprised Dane County has something like that. Right. Well, and so that I thought they'd be like totally the other way around, right? Like do whatever you want. Yeah. I don't know, but Anyways, that I just wanted to go over that because I thought it was so ridiculous. But I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Have a good week. Yeah, you guys. Take care.